All right, welcome to Sean and Dave Make Music. This month we have our special guest, Alex Bortnicek, uh, singer, songwriter, uh, multi-instrumentalist, and uh, also a former member of the Sparta Philharmonic and current band leader of Eating Club. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's so great to be here. Dave, we've known each other forever, but... Um, Long while. I <laughs> uh, just met Sean today, collaborated with him, and man, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like you and I are kindred spirits a little bit, uh, based on <laughs> the music of yours that I already listened to, and the the band situations that you've kind of been in. I I, I felt connected to you right away. Oh, good. Yeah. No, I felt the same. It was an instant uh, sort of connection, and you know, for all those uh, music folks listening, you know, when you kind of get into a room and you don't really say anything to each other, you kind of just sit behind the kid or pick up, in this case, the didgeridoo or the flute, <laughs> and you just kind of start. And that's what it uh, that's what it was. That's the magic chemistry that is uh, yeah. words. You know, it's hard for words to describe, really. And yeah, I think it's almost easier getting to know someone that way, right? Where oh, you totally. Can, like connect right away. Yeah, and, yeah. Forget and, about and talking. Yeah, yeah, talking is all. I feel like we do this in the right order. This is less awkward than it would be if Very we sat true. down yep. and talked right away. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I, 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 I get, I get it now. It's great. Yeah, you figured something. Out. Didgeridoo yeah. first. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Didgeridoo first. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, if only that was our country's <laughs> party yeah. line right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. America first. Make the didgeridoo first. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dave, what's it been about fifteen years or so? I guess or? probably somewhere on there. It was. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the yeah. po- I, the first time that I remember us hanging out regularly would have been around middle school. It, around that yeah. time. The um, there were these local shows that happened. Zoe House, yeah, was that the name of it? Zoe's Zoe House? House Zoe yeah. House, yeah, yeah. So uh, you and your brother had a band, yeah. We still do, still do, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, I would go to the shows, and I hung out with you in school. But then mm-hmm. we'd go and check out the shows. And uh, I remember we were essentially the hobbits at that. I mean, middle schoolers wander around this, you know, high school show of different rock bands and stuff. Um, yeah. But I gotta say, I, I owe you and your brother Greg. Uh, you two are responsible for introducing me to many of the most important music of my high school years. Oh so man! Around middle school, you guys introduced me to Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, Sonic Youth. Oh wow! There was a wow. whole door that opened up. That it was oh Radiohead. You Radiohead. Know, there was a number where it's like around sixth grade or so. You guys just blew my mind. I was like, oh, holy, so cool! Holy hell! There's a world out there. Yeah. Oh man. So, well, yeah. Dave mentioned Zoe House. Um, and we, you know, we hail from Sparta, New Jersey, uh, the suburbs of New York City, about an hour and 20 minutes, would you say, yeah, northwest ballpark. of New York City? Yep. Um, very rural. It's the woods. Uh, but it was a great place to grow. It was a bubble, uh, <laughs> you know, of course. But it, it was great uh, in terms of the proximity to uh, art and music and life of New York City and, and also the life of, of the country. Um, so we had kind of the best of both worlds. And um, Greg sort of inherited uh, these shows, these monthly shows that were either at the ambulance building. Is that your brother? That's my brother. Okay. I'm sorry. Is yeah. he older? He is older. Yeah, okay. He's about two and a half years older. And he plays in a group now called Teach Me Equals with his wife, Erin. And um, I'm very, if you don't mind me plugging this. Absolutely. Uh, Go for it. No, they're phenomenal. Want. Especially yeah. if it's good music that I can <laughs> listen to. It is Go phenomenal. It. it is phenomenal. Um, and... Uh, the three of us, I hopped in on drums, uh, and last year we recorded a new record in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm of all the records I've made, and I've made a bunch, this one um, I'm extremely proud of. April 6th it comes out. Sweet. April 6th, Teach Me Equals Fix History. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, Greg took over the Zoe House uh, shows. Um, and there was a scene in Sparta. Yeah. <laughs> there was a real scene. Also, the one of the churches there kind of gave us their space, you know. And wow, what a collection of musicians. And And Dave, those were really, really kind words. But I know I speak for Greg. The same goes for you, man. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we always looked at Dave as being like the guy. I mean, who just knew music inside and out. This guy was playing around with the computer programs that where you can kind of compose your own music and, you know, prints out and you've got, you know, an opera that Dave wrote or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, and I obviously I went to Dave. Dave knows me inside and out musically, so there's uh, his uh, senior thesis for college. Oh also, yeah, yeah, that's right. Was a smorgasbord of all Sparta Philharmonic uh, stuff, and yeah, it was uh, music. Nice. Or you remember Julian Underdonk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For his um, world music class, we got to do an ethnomusicology, whatever that was, ethnomusicological yeah. study. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but picking a topic, so I decided to kind of pick apart their music and then awesome. the scene surrounding it. it was, yeah, it was great. It cool. was so cool. I've I've never been that. I mean, I was so flattered. Oh, um, no problem. I would literally read that paper. I can, yeah, right, right, I can find right, it yeah, somewhere. Right, right. Somewhere there's a hard drive with it. That's yeah, <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it at home. Oh, you did? Yeah, sweet. of course. I I check that out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll mail it to you. Um, well, while we're kind of on the topic, can we talk just a little bit about Sparta Philharmonic specifically? Hell because yeah. I listened to Transmigratory Birds yesterday, and <laughs> oh, it was cool. like, oh my god, there's so much. So much intricacy and detail and freedom there. Like as oh, as soon as awesome. I heard that, that's what I said to you. Like, okay, you you're used to operating in a space where there are no rules. Absolutely, and and that's that's yeah. such a fun Sean. And that's a great that's a great point. No rules. I think that's kind of the theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not just with like what we've done on the show today, but with Sparta Philharmonic in general. How I like to approach music. Uh, personally, and tr- it, it, what transmigratory birds and all of Sparta Philharmonic's records are. Um, so, if we just want to kind of cover the basics, you know, drums, no click tracks, uh, things are recorded live. Um, that was all tape, too. It was yeah. all quarter inch yeah. tape. We purchased a, a wow. reel to reel tape machine. Um, we recorded it in my parents' basement. Um, I don't know how over what period of time, but a, a long period of time. Um, and it was trial uh, and error. And how much stuff was tracked altogether? Like track-wise? Yeah. Um, I think the... Oh, so we also bought a board, too, from the 70s, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, very cheap. The stuff's pretty cheap on eBay. Um, I think the board is 16 channels. Okay. I could be it wrong. It gets pretty deep with... Um... Like homing was a track that you guys oh you have yeah. a lot of, with all those vocals and everything. There's a lot of a lot of track layered on top of layered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I think so actually. So it's reel to reel, right? Um, uh, eight track, but we also used a four track, Tascam. <laughs> okay. And we also used just a regular tape uh, cassette uh, player. So what Dave's talking yeah, about? Yeah, the I beginning. Th- yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was done with a four track. All right. So homing, that first track is a great example, right? So I think it actually starts off with uh, what do you call those little just tape cassette players where you press record and portable tape portable, player. Yeah. 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 So it starts off with that. Greg, it's like an interview Greg did with some girl in college that he knew and then it kind of comes in with him on an acoustic guitar in a bedroom. That builds up to a four track and then it ultimately comes in on the big downbeat probably like 5 minutes into the song. Yeah, you yeah. know, with the Eight, with the eight track, so that record is a really great example of you know um, tape machines in general 
and very, very rudimentary, you know, basic uh, tape machines. So those three were used. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I really like the sounds that you've got. And like, there were, I, I, it's interesting that you say that because I was listening to that and I was like, this sounds like the 90s. Now it sounds like the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And like, part there's of some that queen is... guitar parts going on. <laughs> yeah. Part yeah. of that is, is, is in the recording equipment, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as you know, you get a new musical instrument and it's like you're inheriting that, whatever com- came with that. Like, we yeah. played accordion today, right? Um, there, there's so much history. There's so many hands that have been on that. You don't know where it's been. And you inherit that. And that's the beauty behind these old machines, you know, or, you know, the drum set you buy or whatever it is, you know. Um, and we hope that we did uh, the board well. And, and we hope we did the tape machines well, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. you blew my mind a little bit oh. yesterday with that <laughs> that's album. That's so cool. So I'm that's, so... That's good. It's so, so nice. To next that. phase, you should dig back into the, the earlier catalog as well. I absolutely will. Have you heard... Um, the see what or I sent you see uh, the surf right that one yeah that's Spotify. your latest yep. oh no no, no. So, your solo days. one from a couple years ago right yeah, yeah. so um, for Sparta Phil wise I would definitely check out Paper Mache Mountains yeah uh, which turned ten years old this year I believe or last year yeah um, that was kind of our you know breakthrough. Uh, did our first touring with that record, that kind of thing. So, and then before that, we have a EP called Snapshots of a Life Lived on Weekends. Okay. And um, and uh, so yeah, that's kind of our our thing there. We have Are some they all on Spotify. Uh, they should be Pandora. I know iTunes. Okay. Um, snaps. Snapshots. I can, get, I can get you snapshots. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's our historian, so he can he can. Perfect. And let's take a listen to that track we mentioned a moment ago. This is Homing off of Sparta Philharmonic's 2010 album, Transmigratory Birds.
Bye.
But uh, yeah, you also mentioned um, See You at the Surf. That's my um, first solo record. I, uh, I'm a drummer by trade. Uh, I've done that, toured all over this country, Europe and Canada with different groups. But when I moved to Philly uh, for, as an undergrad, I couldn't, you know, play drums in my shoebox mm-hmm. uh, down in uh, 21st Street and Walnut or 41st Street and Walnut, my couple apartments there. So I picked up a guitar, and I uh, was a am a huge Buddy Holly fan, and See You at the Surf is sort of uh, my attempt at songwriting and singing, um, and I'm very proud of the record. It's definitely a first go at it, um, but uh, See You at the Surf is a... Uh, just a, the, the name is an homage to Buddy Holly, uh, his last show, of course, being at the Surf Ballroom in 1959, I believe. Okay. And then him and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens and the pilot were killed that night. Right. There's a famous uh, radio recording where uh, the, the disc jockey goes, hey, and we'll see you at the surf tonight for Buddy Holly. Um, and I wrote the title track um, after I took a little pilgrimage, if you will, to Clear Lake, Iowa, to visit the Surf Ballroom and the crash site, and uh, there's a bunch of other songs on there, uh, a mixture of self-deprecating songs uh, and um, more poppy oldie songs, very close to my heart. And my latest uh, uh, effort is uh, self-titled, so See You at the Surf was just released under Alex Bortnichak, but the new record, Eating Club, is self-titled. I've decided to name my project Eating Club, and um, I'm very proud of that. Um, and it's a good segue because we were talking about tape machines. Mm-hmm. You guys want to know how I did yep. Eating Club? Absolutely. All right. So first of all, it was recorded in Peru. All right. My wife is Peruvian, Andrea, and I've lived there for the past three years. I just recently moved back to the States. All right. So just picture yourself. You're in Peru. You know, it took you a year to find a studio with a drum set and a guy with a, a bass and a guitar and microphones. And I had nothing. I had no recording device, and I didn't have the money, you know, to pay him to use whatever system he was using. Mm-hmm. But I did have um, my phone. <laughs> so I'm, there aren't many people who know this, um, but, you know, Eating Club was all about what I had. And I, I approached music and I approached success by new terms, by, you know, what I define as success and what I define as, um, you know, good or bad. It's music is yours and I make it mine. That's the attitude you have to have, I think, in this (laughs) musical climate to survive and to be happy. Totally. So, (laughs) and once you redefine that, right, then you, I think then you start creating better music and more authentic and genuine music. So I recorded all of Eating Club, and this is no joke, the drums were recorded with one microphone behind my head, every track, one microphone. I think it was a Shure, just like these uh, these mm-hmm. guys are using here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did acoustic guitar, some there, and then some between two or three different apartments in my living room, bedroom, kitchen. Um, I did electric guitar at the studio and bass there. I also did like the song Coming Around New, um, that was uh, recorded in my second apartment in Peru, and the bass was recorded in Olympia, Washington, with Vern Rumsey's bass. Vern Rumsey, of course, from the band Unwound. Um, so that's a bit of 
uh, history that I'm very, very happy I was able to get on the record. Vern's such a great friend, such a great guy. Um, and I used GarageBand from the phone. <laughs> and wow. I, for a year, painstakingly, painstakingly, probably lost some hearing, you know, mixed, produced uh, the entire record. Uh, and it was mastered by Joel Nanos um, out of St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, Teach Me Eagles has worked a lot with him, and he really brought it to another level. But I was um, say, it sounds really nicely balanced. The, yeah, the mix on everything. <laughs> yeah, I I mixed impressive. I mixed, produced, recorded uh, Israel, the guy at the studio, uh, La Carda La Cardera de Simio in uh, Surco, Peru. He um, was my assistant. Um, and he sort of just set the mics up, but then I just kind of went to town. And cool. I, as a, Sean, we were talking about being kind of like perfectionist before. You know, it, it took me a long time, and I had the time yeah. to do it. And and you know, like yeah, there are other tracks where like I'm frying some some chorizo, you know, some some sausage, and I you know decided to record that. There's some there's some other recordings of uh, Peruvian kids running around outside. So the record is, uh, I really like to make records of where I am, my station in life. And this record is very political. It's very sentimental. It's very meaningful to me. It's a lot of, it's very personal and um, I'm extremely proud of it. And um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And I, it's all of the music of yours that I've listened to, I think is not, at least for me, it requires just about requires a, a second listen. At least, um, yes. I I was not able to. I have a pretty pretty developed musical mind, mm. and I wasn't able to gain everything and and it oh, yeah. consume everything that I sure. wanted to on the first listen. There were some spots where I like went back immediately and just listened oh, cool. to the song again, or like there were parts in in uh, migra- transmigratory boards yeah. where I went back like a minute or two because I was like. That just happened. Like, how did they set that up again? <laughs> wow. Let me. I want to listen back to that. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it's there's so much detail in there. I can't imagine mixing all that on my phone and like crafting every single second of that to where you're yeah. happy because I've I've made solo records before and I know like yeah. if there's that one spot that still pisses you off, you need to fix it. Totally, totally. <laughs> right? And and then so it might take a month. It's a double-edged sword, though, as as you guys know. It's like if you do it yourself, right? You are now succumbing to you know. You know, like I, I'm a guy who like likes to sit there all day and, and get it right, and that's great. Um, Not for a marriage, but right, 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 right. <laughs> for a musical yeah, project, yeah. yes, <laughs> right. Um, so, but I think once you can define success, right? So, with the drums, for example, I, I re-recorded those drums a few times, um, and I, you know, at one point. I had two mics, right? And they were wish-washing, they were mm-hmm. crossing each other. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's what it's got to be, right? That's all I have, you know, that's... And I'm glad I changed them ultimately. Um, but I was really like, and this is actually something that uh, Jimmy Chamberlain, so um, Dave was mentioning the Smashing Pumpkins before. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer from the Pumpkins, man, I mean, he's probably one of my greatest influences. Um, you know, he said, look, I mean, if you can define success to to really be personal, right? Success can be just having a good rehearsal, right? It's not about playing some big show or having uh, 50,000 likes or whatever it is. So I, I really internalize that, you know, and, you know, once you do that, yeah, you know, you're sitting there forever, you know, toggling things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I've defined, 
I've defined what success means. You know, it doesn't matter uh, sales or views or clicks or likes. Uh, it, it just matters that I'm sitting here right now talking to you, you know, music aficionados about it, you know. And that, to me, is like, it's a huge deal. Now we're going to listen to our first improvisation of the day. This is a fun and rocking track featuring Alex on drums, Dave on guitar, and myself on flute.
I mean, looking at your personal catalog, even yeah. like stepping aside from um, Spartan Philharmonic, like just mm-hmm. looking at your solo and then Eating Club, mm-hmm. I think the things that stand out, um, or well, I, and <laughs> I'm thinking in circles. Um, I think what's I do it all what, the time. Yeah, what's interesting is like having grown up, you know, knowing you guys and listening yeah. through your catalog, is like you can hear what you guys sounded like as two brothers synthesizing your sounds together yeah. and then branching off when Greg kind of went on his own and then started creating with Aaron and yeah. then where you went off on your own and you can kind of see the, you, you can see the trails of, of like similar voices carrying through and absolutely yeah. Dave, that's a really good point. Well, it's like, you're, yeah. I mean the buddy Holly drumming yeah. type stuff. I'm mean, without a doubt that vein, you've always had it. It always, totally. it always is there. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, the, uh, for me, the thing that stands out a lot about your last two albums yeah. is especially the earworms in it. That's something that's really mm. um, stood out to me. Because the same thing like Sean was saying, you listen to the albums, there's a number of tracks that like the first time through it grabs you, but then the second, third time you're starting to notice other elements. Yeah. And then pretty soon, especially... I mean, on both of them, there's a lot of earworms, like in, in a very good way. Like, yeah. I'll be. Um, What's an earworm? I've, I've never oh, heard. Earworm, like a, <laughs> a catchy little motive or a hook. Oh, you have okay. a lot of hooks that get oh, stuck okay. in the head. Yeah, I learned something. So, like, okay. if I look at earworm. your track listing for yeah. any of your songs, inevitably looking at the titles, I can think in my head what the hook is. Sure. Or I'll be at work and I'll notice myself humming something. I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's that tune. You there know? you go. Yeah. Because um, they just, they sink in there. They immediately have a recognizable quality. And it's, oh, cool. It's great. It's really, yeah. it's good stuff. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, and, and you picked up on something I think kind of like critical. So Sparta Harmonic, right? When we went to, when, when we would go to record, I didn't play guitar in those days. You know, you know when when those records came out. So Greg would usually come with some riffs, um, and I would I would help to organize it. You know, I'd say no, 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 like do this there, or let's move this here. You know, as as the drummer, right? Um, and now that I've kind of branched off into my solo stuff, I think you know it's you kind of see that more, maybe, mm-hmm. and you hear that more within my stuff. Um, and then you can think about when you listen to Eating Club. And then you transpose that back onto Sparta Philharmonic. And now you're starting to see, like, the contributions Greg and I gave, you know, both to that particular, you know, those collaborations. Yeah. And and that's something that, I mean, you know, that's so cool that you pick up on that. It's it's totally accurate, you know. Yeah, and I think it's interesting hearing about your background now. Um, I was sort of wondering that. I didn't know whether you started out on drums or whether you started out on guitar. Four years old, yeah. And, drums. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And how long has it been since you've been playing guitar? Oh boy! At so, this point, uh, I I moved to Philly 2007. Okay, so probably since 2007. All right, yeah. I liked um, I liked the way you treated it, and it yeah. kind of makes sense, I think, especially on your first solo record where there was less instrumentation. There was a yeah. lot of the guitar almost treated like a band. You used, or it, to me, it sounded intentional. Yep. You were using fret noise and. Um, these different elements to to really make it sound like a drum set at times, make it sound like, you know, you were yeah. interacting with a band. And I, I thought, especially on that first one, um, there was a lot of cool layering that you did with guitar. And, For Sea of the Surf? Yes. Okay, yeah. And with your vocals, um, you, oh, cool. you, you had a really interesting unified sound there with lots of, like, soft, layered vocals in some yeah. of those so tracks. I, so I, I've got to give props to Steve Marion. Uh, yep. Delicate Steve. Was yeah. he on Blue Jay or uh, My Micronesia or one of those? So I recorded that record in Steve Marion's house oh, in his home studio. And he, uh, he played electric guitar, all the solos. That's Steve Marion. 
Yeah. And uh, there's some shaker in there and stuff like that. Uh, that's Steve Marion. Um, and he gave me, like, pointers, like, for, for, for Blue Jay, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, totally like, you know, Steve Marion. That was my first time in a studio on this side of the mic, you know, with a guitar. So I'm, I'm quite nervous and I'm like, what do I do, you know? Um, so Steve Marion was a huge, huge help. Um, and he, I, I went there, sat down, did drums first, uh, scratched, you know, guitar, drums. Uh, and then I, I didn't play bass at that point either. So he actually helped me out with bass, uh, electric guitar, uh, the solos, an electric guitar. Um, some noise, some shakers, and he mixed it, and he also mastered it. And Flora, from a band called The Metal Hearts, she did a lot of those uh, floating, uh, okay. higher harmonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also did the harmonies, some of the harmonies in um, uh, Transmigratory Birds, too. Very talented um, musician. Um, but yeah, so I, I got to thank Steve for those... Totally. Those cool. guitar licks. Well, that being said, yeah, uh, you, your vocals have also come a long way. Oh, okay, because it's awesome. Like, yeah. On the next one, I felt like I mean, you can hear it's so much more confident, and it, it sounds like your second solo record, and so you and want, not your first. You you were way more out of the box. Yeah, I think. Do you want do you want another shocker here? Yeah. Um. So a lot of the acoustic guitar and the vocals were done on the, uh, how do you say it? The uh, headphone. Uh, microphone. <laughs> the, the little, really? the, the little yeah. part that's on them. <laughs> I mean, like here's here's like the bottom line. It's like, like like I said, I had to use what I had. Yeah. And I'm not really into like, you know, oh, to get that sound, you have to be playing some very expensive, you know, instrument and some mic that costs thousands of dollars. Uh, that really wasn't my mo. And you know, I didn't really have the money to go to the studio to fix every little thing. So, yeah, I just kind of held it right here, you know, in front of me or uh, sang really close into it to get some more crunch. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and cool. I, yeah. I might it's, play around with that. I was That's going to cool. say, yeah, yeah. The, whole, the whole album has a bit of dirt under its fingernails, but it, it's for good purpose. Like it becomes part of the. The soundscape, the character, of it. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's yeah. something that you, well, you guys used to have in Sparta Phil all the time as well. Is there was always a layer of grit that just beautiful grit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing too is that the whole record, both records, were written on acoustic guitars, um, and and that's a big thing when you go to record and when you go to write. You know, if you you you'll write inevitably different songs on an electric guitar. Um, so like I said, a lot of trial and error, you know, going to the studio, Israel gave me the guitar and, you know, I'm playing around with distortions and a lot of it was like figuring it out in the moment. And a lot of the, a lot of parts to eating club were like studio moments, you know, uh, they were not planned. Um, like the little, like, um, kind of hollering I do, uh, at the, uh, beginning of the opening track, just a just warming up my vocals to the track. And I was planning, hey, I'll just cut this out. I was like, no, no, no. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay true to the project. Stay true to like kind of that station that you're at in, in music. Yeah. So it's like cutting it out. Why the hell would I do that? You know, why would you do that? It sounds great. It's so, you know, indicative of how you felt at that moment. And it, it fits and it works. There's and, nothing more authentic. Yeah, yeah. and nobody knows. <laughs> and no one knows, you know what I'm saying? Right, until now. Until well, it's now. Like, it's like yeah, uh, yeah. with uh, Brian Wilson in Pet Sounds. I already yeah. said, like, play the studio. It's like, play the bedroom. You yes. know, like, wherever you are recording it at that time, just thank, make that space yours. And thank you for mentioning Brian Williams. So oh, uh, w- Wilson. Or, oh, or, did or, I say Williams? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, th- I'm thinking Serena. 
Williams, right? The tennis <laughs> yes, player? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Wilson. Um, Phil Spector. Uh, Wall of Sound. California Reverb. Yeah, all over the place God. on those two albums. And I was reading a book. I forget the author, but it's. I think it's just called The Wall of Sound or Tearing Down the Wall of Sound. I'm a huge, huge Phil Spector fan and, and his, you know, his contributions to music. And recording-wise, that was a huge influence of mine. Um, just listening to... Um, you know, the, anything, everything from the teddy bears to the, you know, uh, um, the, you know, do run, run, I'm blanking <laughs> on the, uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, uh, that was a huge influence. Uh, Phil Spector's sort of techniques for layering and, uh, you know, voice guitar, um, the crystals. Thank you. I, w- I couldn't live with myself if I forgot <laughs> the name. <laughs> Next, we have excerpts from two separate improvisations, both featuring myself on flute, Alex on the accordion and whistling, and Dave on djembe and singing. The first one you're going to hear is one that admittedly went a little bit long, so we're going to present the first three minutes of it. Uh, The next one, it took us a little while to find our footing, so we're going to drop you in a few minutes into that one, and uh, you'll hear the end of it. And even though these two improvisations are similar in instrumentation, we found some markedly different and we think wonderfully unique atmospheres to play around in.
uh, I'm just curious. You, yeah. you ma- recently made a big move. You're you're in yeah. Pittsburgh now. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, eating club is not even out yet. Uh, so talk a little bit about where people can find your music, when that's going to be out. And also, just I'm curious, have you started working on the next thing yet? What's the next thing going to sound like? Not Peru, but Pittsburgh. All right, all right, great. Yeah, yeah. So Eating Club, it, it is out. Oh, uh, it is out. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go yep. buy Eating Club now. Go buy it. Um, yeah, so it's out. Uh, it, it's available on iTunes. You can buy it on Bandcamp. Um, that was, it's not on Spotify yet, then. It, was, it, it should be. It is? Oh, yeah, yeah, it should okay. be. Okay. It should be, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, it should be on all that digital stuff. Um, so if you're at a party or something like that, you know, make sure you queue it up. Pop it on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, you can just send me an email. I can burn you a copy and uh, personalize it for you if you want. Totally free of charge. I'll be so flattered if you do that. What's your email address? Uh, it's, I think it's just eatingclubmusic at gmail.com. Great. Uh, Facebook dot com slash eating club yep. eating club music um so the new material uh i do have new material and i'm i'm suspected. super excited yeah so you mentioned like hey you're in pittsburgh now so this was kind of the transition the new stuff is you know i was leaving peru and now i'm in pittsburgh um and it is yeah <laughs> You mentioned the difference in vocals, you know, from Sea of the Surf to, mm-hmm. to Eating Club to this to the next record to to be titled. Um, I think it's even more of a development vocally, hopefully songwriting wise too. You know, what I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, I, I love um, songs that you know you can remember and that are, are impactful, but I'm trying to break away from your traditional song uh, structure. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, Silver Sun Pickups and like, uh, the Beatles, uh, just two bands that come to mind, like who, who I, th- I thought really like whether it was, um, Happiness is a Warm Gun or other, uh, songs, um, songs by, uh, Silver Sun Pickups who they just break the mold when it comes to structure. You know, it's not like, uh, verse, chorus, verse, right. bridge, chor- you know, so I'm, I, I really admire that. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on that and I'm working on, um, just every note, lyric, I'm just, you know, I, I want it to be, uh, me and whatever it is, it is. And whatever Pittsburgh sort of does for me, it does. And Greg and Aaron did give me a guitar for Christmas, uh, and a little amp. So I'm very excited (laughs) to, you know, not that one. Not that one. Yeah, he's looking at my Taylor. I was right curious now. what you had in that Taylor bag. It's a it's a Taylor GS Mini, okay, um, nice. and the sounds phenomenal. It fits on the airplane, no problem. Um, and uh, it's ma- I think it's what is it, mahogany? So it's a little bit darker. Cool. Yeah, um, those sound great. Yeah. I've, I've played those before. You know, I'm kind of dark. Um, <laughs> so no, but uh, the new stuff I'm very excited about. Uh, release date couldn't tell you. Um, just trying to build up some more songs um are you looking to find um players in pittsburgh like to do live performances of these tunes great question so i have a couple uh, players down in peru um, mm-hmm. that i'm very interested on collaborating with for this one uh, whether or not they'll come here to do it i don't know they might just do it uh in peru and send, mm-hmm. and send it to me the other thing is i really wanted to bring this new material to teach me equals and okay. i i, I I wanted them to not just uh, collaborate and play on the record, but I'm I'm also very interested in seeing what they have to say um, structure-wise. Sure. Um, 
you know, and just kind of make it more of a collaborative effort. So I spoke to Greg recently. We're kind of just trying to figure out what studio would be best to do this in, uh, where, and and time-wise. Um, I'm a student of the law right now in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, just like any art form, uh, the law is similar. Um, and, uh, you know, so we'll see. But, yeah, I, I do uh, in, intend on collaborating with uh, some folks very dear to my heart cool i think um this is pure spitballing but just mm-hmm. when you're talking about working with teach me equals mm-hmm. it could be a very fun project with you guys if you do a swap where you take one of your songs that you've already gotten like together oh, and that you feel yeah. happy with and they take one of theirs and you guys just each separately without discussing it just interpret it like totally new um cover you know, cover one of each other's tunes but take it a different avenue yeah that's such a great idea yeah um i hadn't thought of that but i'm could totally be a fun gonna, yeah you guys are always on the same wavelength anyway so it could be a very like, yeah and you fun have to see where you branch it out you have to do things that kind of change it up right i mean it's yeah. like if it's just you in a room all day long i mean it's you know it, there's it, something to be said for for putting that out there it's you in a yeah. room but collaborating is so much better yeah yeah and you, <laughs> I, I, I always come up with something better when i'm working with somebody else yeah totally totally so that's a great idea i'm, I'm gonna mention that to greg and aaron and yeah. you know. there's a there's a um uh singer called uh have you ever heard of the band streetlight manifesto yeah mm-hmm. the singer his solo he goes his solo project is called toke but okay. he do, he does a volume of called you by me where he he teams up with another performer and cover they cover each other's songs oh, that's awesome uh, yeah kind of thing yeah i mean you have to keep the creativity fresh you know um aaron for, for christmas she gave us a great book of an artist friend of hers and i remember she said uh you know keep it on the coffee table and if you ever you know kind of need inspiration it's like these really funky you know pictures that this guy drew and put it into a book it's like you know it's it, that's what you have to do you have to like search for that inspiration you know you need to have yeah. that that book or that other musician that you know can give you some ideas and and you know people you trust and and it's uh or you could just live life you know <laughs> and get the experience that way and that's true move too. to peru <laughs> we're gonna wrap up today's episode with the track grand junction this is off alex's new album eating club This piece has a beautiful arc, beginning as a tender acoustic ballad and ultimately exploding into a joyously cathartic and sun-drenched coda.
Thank you so much for listening to Sean and Dave Make Music. If you like the show, please support us by subscribing and telling your friends. Not all of your friends, just the ones that you think would like our show. Uh, If you can also head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating, that would also really help us out. If you have any comments or would like to submit an idea or a prompt for us to improvise off of, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Sean and Dave Make Music. We'll be back next month with a different guest and some new music. See you then.